One, two, three, yes, wrestling. Charlotte Flair shut the mouths of all the internet porn-watching Morlocks. I have moles. Yes, the subterranean (laughs) mammal. And Seth Rollins was like, yeah, psych. And he just hit the sledgehammer onto the toolbox, onto the chair, onto the ladder with Bray Wyatt's head safely underneath. They want us to be cheering Seth Rollins after he attacked a mentally handicapped man. So let's move on to Monday Night Raw, sponsored by Brazzers. Yeah. Uh, nothing like helping out my friends with gold dust and, well, you know, the women underwear. Welcome everyone to 123 Yes Wrestling, the only wrestling podcast that's going to bring love to professional wrestling this week. I'm Chris, I'm here for the only episode 53 there will ever be, and I'm here with Corey and Ed. How are we doing, guys? Well, uh, I'm surviving. That's about it. For the people that are listening, I, I think I have the flu. And the reason why I'm saying the phrase that I think is because, well, I don't go to the doctor for anything. In fact, I don't even have an assigned doctor. If I do, my insurance company assigned me. But, um, yeah, I'm hanging in there. And, hey, here's the good news with having maybe the flu. I'm actually almost caught up with all the wrestling this week. Ah, we can use you this week then. Yeah, I mean, from everything that Corey has told me, uh, he definitely has the flu. Uh, I am happy that he's on the road to recovery. He was able to record with us this afternoon, so that's pretty cool. And I hope you get uh, get better soon, buddy. But, yeah, we might actually need your help in understanding a little bit about wrestling this week and maybe uh, give us your point of view on some of the things we want to talk about. All right, man, I'll do my best. Awesome. Yeah. So it should be pretty good. Now, I did have one thing that I find kind of comical, and I know we were talking about it a little bit. Star Wars comes out tonight, I guess. Where This is Thursday night, so the final Star Wars movie until they make the next one comes out tonight. Ed's already going tonight. I'm trying to figure out when to go because I have this weird situation going on where I somehow have tickets to go see Cats, but not Star <laughs> Wars. <laughs> And I can't allow myself to see cats before I see Star Wars. So I I have have to get... I have so many questions, Chris. I have so many questions. It just just happened. It just happened. I was trying to, like, got family coming into town tomorrow. There's, like, my niece has a play, and we're doing stuff. And then I was like, oh, well, if people are going to crash at the house, we should go see Star Wars on Saturday. Well, then everyone was like, well, I already have tickets on Sunday and doing everything else. So then it turned into, but I'll stay and see Cats. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounds good. So then all of a sudden, like, everybody, we just have tickets to see Cats. And I don't understand how I have tickets for cats, but not Star Wars. I'm going to say, tell you, if you end up seeing cats before Star Wars, you actually have to give us back your nerd card. <laughs> it's revoked. I know, and I'm, I'm aware that that's a thing. So, But I did sign up to review cats for MovieBabbleReviews.com, cheap plug, and because no one else for that website wanted to go see it. So I was like, well, I'm going to see it. I'll write a hell of a, a banger of a review here and... uh it should be bonkers. I'm planning on having a couple beers and watching cats on Saturday night. <clears throat> oh, 
hold on, wannabe gym rats. What in God's name is happening on this episode? We're talking about Star Wars? And what's this cat's crap? I mean, I thought this was a wrestling podcast. I mean, we had some big things happening this week. Rhea Ripley becomes the NXT Women's Champion. I mean, come on, Jungle Boy even lasted 10 minutes with Je- Chris Jericho. That was awesome. And then, I mean, come on, Lana and uh, Lashley, they get engaged. I mean, we're talking about some big stuff. So you know what? You want to be gym rats. Get your life together and let's get this episode going. Don't sit. Just stay fit. Wow, it's good to know that he is still you know, doing his thing. I usually thought his afternoons were busy working out or running on a treadmill. It's good to see he was able to pop in for a little bit. I guess it was all the cats that brought him up. Must have been. But we are going to move on because we have lots of wrestling to talk about. I've watched some. Ed's watched some. Corey seemed to watch most. Mr. Fitness thinks that there's lots of big things that happened this week. So let's get into it. But first, we had a pay-per-view last weekend. TLC. Things happened at that show. It was fine, I guess. Um, Wasn't really for me. But. What do you guys think of TLC 2019, the last pay-per-view of 2018? Well, I mean, for me... 2019. I know what year it is. I know we talked about, I think, last week. There was zero preparation for this show. The the booking started a week before, and I ironically said that I thought this show would end up not being too bad, and I actually did enjoy it. Um, You know, uh, it had my attention. There were some down parts of it. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. It had good wrestling. Um, And I know we'll get into the whole idea of, you know, what's, you know, making us still feel like it could be better. I I think for me, the only thing that's missing right now is good storytelling and a week's worth of booking. I don't care how good of a wrestler you are. You're not going to make me invested in any of the matches. So as good as the wrestling was at this show, there definitely was something to be desired with some of the storytelling. Now, Chris, are we going to break down some matches on the show? Otherwise, I can give my full opinion. It's up to you. I'm, I'm, I don't have well, – I mean, give me your right. opinion. Just give me your so, opinion. So the, the first thing, and, and I hate to say this because I, I really always try to be a supporter of them, um, the, the last match on the card was a mistake. I, I was not big on the uh, – the, the was it the tag team? Uh, the yeah. women's title match. Um, I – it was funny when I was watching it that night, I was even watching it with my wife um, as I'm like getting ready to go to bed. But um, when the, when the match ended, my wife was like, wait a minute, that was the main event. And when she said that, it really got me thinking, it's like, okay, so in my wife, you guys know, she's really just a, a casual. She ain't, she ain't, she's not a diehard wrestling fan by any means, but if she's saying, huh, that was the main event. And clearly there, there was something wrong with that choice. Um, I personally felt the, the Bray Wyatt match should have been the one that went on last. Um, I felt the Bray Wyatt match held most of my attention. I think it had the most story. And once again, it just proves the, the multi layers of this, uh, this Wyatt character. Yeah, I didn't care about that match. I fast forwarded. <laughs> really, you didn't care about the Wyatt no. match? I don't like Bray Wyatt. Like it's straight up official. Like he does nothing for me, and the fact that his just no selling or whatever he does, like I I don't know what they're doing with him. 
like to me it's just i it's he's not he doesn't sell moves this this one he came out as mr rogers and he got beat up a lot and just kind of laughed but i don't know where they're going with it maybe maybe when i look back at it in five years when he's all retired and in the hall of fame and you can see what his his story was as a whole but just when you look at it from the inside of where we're at it's just I don't know. There's just nothing there for me. That was the only uh, storytelling that I truly enjoyed that night. And I do agree with Corey. It I was think the that, only storytelling of the yeah, night. Right. I, I I did like, uh, you know, inevitably we get Brian Danielson back. Not Daniel Bryan, but that's clearly Brian Danielson. Because when you take all the hair off of him, he literally looks like he did in 2010 all over again. Yeah. Which, hey, crazy. that's good for him. He has not aged a day. But um, I was happy to see him back. And, you know, I did enjoy seeing Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt in the ring because it does give you a chance to back off on the fiend a little bit, who I do think was getting overexposed these last few weeks. So this is a great way for them to be able to put Bray Wyatt out there. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, he took punishment and but still came out on top. So. I mean, it doesn't do anything for The Miz, which is a crime. This guy is like, I, officially, The Miz is probably my favorite wrestler right now. If only because this guy just does everything he's asked to do, and he does it with a smile on his face. He is a he is a company man, and it's just a shame that like they don't see uh, an opportunity to give him a, another run. And it, I, I don't know. It's just that, I mean, as much as I liked that storyline, it did nothing for The Miz, which is a crime. Well, the thing is with the Mr. Rogers thing, and this is why I'm, I'm shocked by Chris's reaction. It's like Chris, you know, spent the you know, last few episodes talking about, you know, the, the no sell of the fiend, you know, well, the Mr. Rogers, Wyatt is the total opposite. He has feelings. Why do you think? I mean, the interesting thing is, is that the Mr. Rogers uh, character is always apologizing to the people that the fiend beats, beats up, like he's the one that is the definition of emotion, feelings. Uh, he cares. The fiend has no feeling, absolutely nothing. So therefore, when it comes to the no cell, well, it's because he has no feeling. Pain mm-hmm. is a, pain is an example of feeling. So um, I I thought that that would have satisfied you more and satisfied the the audience that was really not feeling the the no cell <clears throat> aspect of his character yeah and and it could have just been the overall pay-per-view up to that point still wasn't a track i i realized watching that pay-per-view that i don't like stipulation matches like having every match be a stipulation match the only match that i really enjoyed as an actual wrestling match was buddy murphy and alistair black which was a match it was it was outstanding both of those two guys are so good they are so good i can't wait to see what happens with them they are like of my optimism this week they are big on that list both of them but every other match was just the them outside the ring hitting each other with things wasn't there a count out too there was a count out victor or double count out maybe i don't know if it was on tlc or raw but i I, I don't recall if there was a count out or not there could have been there might have been on the pre-show too which that um, was like something I, I thought before we the stipulation thing, like count outs. There's no need for those. Like what does a count out ever accomplish? It's just a way to protect and that's the biggest I mean, and we this is a whole other 
I know. I just had here, to say but, it. I'm going off on a tangent. But yeah, Sorry. that's that's the whole thing with just protecting and not. I was watching NXT before we started recording, trying to catch up, and it was just you know you had the realization of when did people stop? You know when did people start kicking out of everyone's finishers all the time? You know, and it's like finishers don't mean anything anymore. Matches don't mean anything anymore. Everyone just gets counted out or everyone needs to be protected. So they're like, well, we're going to do a double count out so nobody has to take a loss. Or we're going to do a roll up so they still look strong. And you're just like, oh, come on. And, you know, when you're watching all these stipulation matches and then you're doing count outs and ref stoppages during Hell in a Cell. And, you know, just to try to protect people, it makes everybody look weak. I think the, the first problem is, is that everybody's perception of like double countouts has changed. I remember watching matches that ended in double countout uh, back when I was a kid and I didn't have any problem with it, but it's because the way the audience is, was conditioned back then versus now, it seems like everybody just looks at a double countout as, oh, that's a crap finish. Well, even a regular countout, I remember that, Corey. There were plenty of times when a face would win via countout. Guess what? The music plays. He's celebrating in the ring just like he got that W. And, like, that doesn't happen anymore. Like, you know, and even the crowd would be like, okay, a win's a win. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. Uh, I was fine with countouts if you used it in a logical way where it was still, hey, this is a definitive finish for the record books. He got a W here. No. It's... And then even the the double count out, like I remember as a kid, when it was a double count out, the way they presented it, you as the audience member was like, oh, man, they it's unsettled business. They're going to mm-hmm. have to fight again. And everyone was excited about the, the potential rematch. And, you know, and then I, I just it, it's fascinating how our perceptions have changed. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah, because now. Yeah. Now. Now it seems like it's just a cheap finish. Yeah. And you don't get that because chances are we're going to get the rematch in the next week anyway. Even right. w- even if someone wins or loses, you're still going to get a finish now. But now they'll do the double count out. Then they'll have the rematch and someone will get disqualified. Then we'll have a third rematch where someone might win by a roll up, you know, and it's still there's no there's no finality to any of these matches outside of a pay-per-view. You hope someone gets a win and moves on, but. What did you guys think of the Lashley uh, Rusev payoff match at TLC? I'm trying to recall it. You know, um, unfortunately, the wrestling I've tried to cover in a short time, um, I can't remember all the details. Uh, I remember being okay with it. But then again, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the TLC pay per view, I was just more just like, okay. It was like, Kind of like you guys said, you know, with most of the matches not really having story behind it, I'm kind of just going through the motions. Okay, here's another match. And... Well, that one had a whole bunch of storyline behind it, and I think for how many months and weeks we've been at this, you think they would have put together, I thought, a better match than what they did. But that's just my opinion. I'm wondering if Lashley's uh, uh, arm injury, elbow injury, or whatever had something to do with putting on a better quality, because I, I see that it's wrapped up a little different than you know usual well it could also be that you have to try to figure out how to have a good match when you're having a tables match (laughs) has there ever been a good tables match i mean that's the dumbest sheamus versus john cena 2010 when sheamus won no one expected it no one did expect that that That, was that that stipulation works if you're trying to do a no like wow i can't believe that guy just won but other than that that that's probably the only one i've ever enjoyed 
Yeah, that these two people should Lashley and Rusev with that story should not have been fighting in a no. tables match. No, probably not. No, maybe a but, like a Lana on a pole match, just like Jimmy let, Bagwell on a pole. Don't don't let Lana hear you say that. I know, right? Then I'm I'm being being terrible. I'm a terrible masculine man, beta male. But yes, TLC happened. <clears throat> Give it about one more week and we will forget about it. Probably. Because I don't think there's anything worth going back to see. But out of it, yes, I will give you that the Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan was really the highlight of the show. It, and it was the only thing that was really story. Storyline wise, and it is the only thing that I am curious about when we get to SmackDown here tomorrow night as to where are we going now with Brian Danielson being back and how how is this going to play out so i am curious to see and realistically since smackdown the only smackdown we have to talk about was the one that happened before tlc so we already have all of that build the highlight of that show was miz and bray wyatt and their build their one week build to their match and realistically bray wyatt is the only reason to watch that show in my opinion at this point and this is from someone who's not even that invested in the bray wyatt or the fiend character and it's still the highlight of smackdown so but that's but not you know, enough. That's not enough. The, the comment earlier for, on Ed's comment about the Miz, the thing that I'm I'm thinking Miz is suffering from is that it's it, obviously Miz is good. He's very good at what he does. His character's great, but unfortunately, it, it, he's he's kind of mixed in with the hot flavors of the month right now, and that's the problem. It's hard to to get Miz over when you know when you're in a feud with Wyatt and Wyatt's on this you know, this new character that everyone is really hot on. And like I said, I'll admit it, it's flavor of the month. It, it's going to change. I, I think eventually, unless Wyatt does something clever with his, uh, his character, I think the audience will crap on him. But see with the Miz, if you want to get the Miz over, he beats Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. You get the Miz over. He needs to beat people. He needs to win feuds. He needs to have matches that matter. You know, I mean, when they were starting to build him as a good guy and they were doing the turn, he should have beat Shane McMahon. You know, and I mean, and then it's one thing if you're going to let the win at WrestleMania, but then they fought the next month in a cage and Shane McMahon won. And then they fought on SmackDown and Shane McMahon won. Then they fought and Drew McIntyre. But, you know, it's like every all The Miz did since they turned him into a face was lose. So he's not going to get over at all, you know, at outside of giving people wins. And it comes back to that whole finality of a finishing move is a finishing move and let people just lose. I was watching table for three the other day with uh, JBL, Ron Simmons and Teddy long. And in that they were talking about how, when Kane and X-Pac were coming up as their, their tag team and they were going to do the acolytes and they want to do a screwy finish to get the win over the acolytes. And Ron Simmons says, no, nah, we ain't doing that. He said, what's your finish? Just give it to me. I'll take it. And Ron Simmons took the X factor and took the pin one, two, three to put those guys over. And he did the job that needed to be done and took the loss and took the finishing move and made X-Pac and Kane that tag team. He made that tag team and X-Pac's finishing move because Ron Simmons was willing to lay down for it. And that's what that's what current product is missing. But but here here's the thing. It's like, I mean, are, are we in a different era now, though? Because it sounded like the way you told the story is like um, um, he had, um, 
you know, the Farouk or whatever he had, Ron Simmons, he had the option of how to do that finish. It, it seems like today that is like not even in the realm of possibility. You have to follow whatever the, you know, obviously the, the agents or Vince for that matter, or triple H or basically the writers or it, it just doesn't seem like that is even a possibility. Oh, and, well, and it very well might not yes. be. And that, still comes back around to what the problem is. Yeah, overproduction, you know, I, I mean, the scripts, it, it, it's very much a micromanaged product, and I think we're starting to, well, we have been seeing that. And I think that's kind of the problem is, you know, for fans like us who are going to watch no matter what, it's really crucial to try to give us some curveballs every now and then, and I don't really feel like there's been many curveballs in the past 10 years, even when I was telling Chris, when we were texting and I think that's finally starting to, you know, show itself where it's like, Hey, like good wrestling, great performers. You probably got your best roster right now. So why aren't people just losing their minds every week with excitement for the product, except for NXT. And like to Chris's point, yeah, you're admitting you're not a big Bray Wyatt fan, but that's the only reason to watch SmackDown. That's not cool. There's a whole bunch of good talent on SmackDown. Why is he the only one that has anything interesting going on? That's not cool. Like, NXT shouldn't be the only product being talked about when it comes to WWE. There's plenty of great talent on all three shows. Why is it just this one show seems to be getting all of the love? Did you guys happen to see uh, Vince Russo or hear Vince Russo on Jericho's podcast? Mm-mm. Actually, I'm going to listen to that probably uh, the next time I go to the gym. Can I tell you one excerpt from it that sure. he said that you was can. You can. interesting? And I'm curious your guys' thoughts on it. But Jericho asked him, how come out of everybody, Bruce Pritchard came back, Eric Bischoff came back, everybody who's been in and out of the doors has come back to WWE at some point for some kind of a stint, except for Vince Russo. So Jericho asked him, why do you think you haven't been back? And Vince Russo's answer filled with a bunch of bros, apparently, because I read the transcript and I can't I don't even want to hear it. If he said that many bros, you'll have to tell me when you listen to it. But basically summing it up, he basically said, if I come in and the ratings go up, then the attitude era was because of me. And Vince McMahon (laughs) doesn't want that that narrative. Mm hmm. But now there's holes in that because he went to Impact and did his thing and it didn't work. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you give anybody a change on a big, broad scale like this. But I, the one thing that Vince Russo, and I'm going to give, like nobody really ever does, but I am going to give props to Vince Russo. The one thing that he made sure was that everybody had a story. And yeah. that is what they need. Every match should have a story. And if he came in and gave every match the Lana and Rusev and Bobby Lashley treatment. It's a ridiculous story, but you know what? It's a story that's continuing week to week to week. And it's more than, I mean, that is the only thing that raw has going for it currently is because you have the AOP Seth Rollins story yep. and you have Bobby Lashley and Rusev story. There's no other stories on the show. We get three hours worth of matches every week, but those are the only two stories that are actually currently going. And it's amazing that we, that, there isn't stories for everybody, given that, I mean, and I don't know the all the details, but I believe there's a lot of writers on the staff. Well, that that's probably the problem. There's too many of them. But I think even there's if, like 20 writers per show or something okay, like that. Okay, so there, there might be too many writers, sure, but on the flip side, then 
assign writers to to talent. Right. That makes nothing but sense. Now, I understand what what issue can um can occur though, because then you got okay, now you got these stories, but now you gotta like script out your shows, and that might be where some of the conflict is, is that how much time is given to you know each of these stories, but with with a big staff, because when Vince Russo was on, was in WWE, for what I've read and listened to on podcasts, they didn't have a large writing staff. No, it was like the three of them. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's the thing is to uh, Chris. I think that's a great point. Like, I'm not saying every story is going to be good. I'm not a big fan of the Lana Rusev Lashley thing, but it is continuous and it's going on, which is why I actually was looking forward to the match, thinking that maybe. We'll get this really awesome match out of it, which you know unfortunately didn't happen. But if but you are happens. putting a yeah, if you're putting a storyline with everybody, some of those storylines are going to be awesome. Some of them are going to be boring. But yeah, I I think we are finally seeing like you know there was this you know talk of well there's too much storyline there's there's way too much we need more wrestling. Okay, well we're getting more wrestling now, and now you've taken the backseat to the the reason why they're wrestling, and now it's just over like you're we're now we're just looking too much at you know oh finishes reversals countouts like we see too much of it now that and now we're going to start really diving into analyzing that and as as we're continuing this, this discussion and we're kind mm-hmm. of wrapping up the year here this yep. was a big year for wrestling we kind of have a yes. lot going on but AEW Dynamite the saving grace, the savior of professional wrestling, Cody Christ, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> they, what do you guys think of AEW Dynamite? Has they have they come in now? They're eight weeks in. We're what seven, eight, nine weeks into yeah. this experiment. Do you feel that they've changed? Like they said that they give their wrestlers all of you know creative freedom. And they get no scripted promos and all of these things that people complain that WWE does. From a storytelling standpoint, from a show standpoint, I mean, do you guys see that revolution or is are they just another wrestling show? They're, they have pieces of some of the things that you're mentioning. Uh, I'm going to challenge the whole how much freedom mm-hmm. they get because I'm not stupid. I know Billy Gunn works backstage. I know uh, uh, Goldust works backstage. There's a lot of uh, decent names that work backstage, and to to say that they're just letting these wrestlers go out and you don't have an idea of what they're going to say is kind of silly. Um, I I think what they do that WWE doesn't do is I don't think they have them necessarily memorize a script, but they probably definitely have some key bullet points, and when I say key bullet points, I probably have a few of them. That they say, hey, this has to be said or this has to be addressed. So um, in terms of is it changing professional wrestling? uh, Currently, right now, today, no, it's early. Even when I look at the overall product from the start till now, it's still developing. They're still introducing talent. Um, In fact, I was just watching AEW this week and there was two talent that that joined the dark order and I had no freaking clue who they were Was one Luke Harper. No. Well, Luke Harper can't show up till February anyway. So, 
Because well, it's got to be day get, note. Get ready for the leader of the Dark Order. But, That'd be awesome. He'd be much better you know than that like, fat tub of lard wearing the blackout Mysterio mask. I just want to have friends. But it's just, it, AEW is just so, they're, so, they're very beginning stage right now. But how, how, when do they get out of that beginning stage? I think, honestly, I, I think you got to look at, you know, a year, two years. I, I, and I know that's going to sound crazy to today's audience because that kind of concept of time just doesn't exist with anybody or patience. But I honestly think this company needs about two years to truly get itself established. I mean, we don't even have pay-per-views fully established in terms of yearly pay-per-views and names of pay-per-views fully, you know, I mean, they're, they've done a bunch of trademarks, but I was about to say, I think we have them all now. Cause I think it's the, is it four a year? The four a year. So February, they're going to do the revolution in Chicago. And then in May is double or nothing in Vegas. And then August is all out in Chicago. And then November's full gear and wherever that's, I guess that's the only floating one. And Hey, I mean, I'm okay with that because full gear was fun. Like, I mean, I've probably would put full gear as probably my favorite AEW show since as far as on television, what I've seen, like, you know, all, all we all in is always going to have a special place in my heart because of what it, what it started. And the fact that we got to be there was really cool. Um, but I agree with Corey. They need some time, but I also feel like I, the roster is moving so slowly as far as the reveals. Like, and some of them are really good talent. Some of them, I'll be honest, they should not be on national TV. I'm just going to say it. Not, not everyone that's been on TV uh, on Dynamite, in my opinion, deserves to be there compared to some others. And when you put them together, there's glaring... Uh, discrepancies with like, man, really? Like that person is with them? Like, I don't know. They just got to, I think they need to take a step back and really assess who they're putting on television every week. So, so funny story about AEW Revolution, Chris. Uh, Pre-sale tickets went on sale today. And so me being a, a good citizen and a good friend and all that good stuff, you know, I decide to take advantage of my uh, not being at work and I had the pre-sell code and I, you know, decide to pick up some tickets and, you know, I thought of my friend Edward here and I, I thought of my nephew and I thought of our other mutual friend and, and comes. then next thing, next thing, you know, I, I call Ed cause I'm excited. I, I got some tickets and it wasn't as crazy and ridiculous as our attempt to get tickets to the previous show. And all of a sudden Ed says to me right away, he's like, did you hear that? our mutual friend. He's like, did you hear our, our friend uh, got tickets for us? And I was like, what? Before you got to say you bought tickets? Yes. Before I got to say that I bought tickets, Ed ruined my moment and mentioned that our friend bought tickets and no, no fault of his. No, it's no fault of anybody. It was, it was one of those, um, I should have communicated, uh, I know I mentioned something to Ed earlier in the week, but I didn't mention it to our mutual friends. So there's no fault of him for uh, getting the tickets because he didn't hear from me. So, but uh, yeah, just means that we got a few extra tickets. I was going to say, so you guys got tickets. You guys got <laughs> a lot of tickets. Chris, I know you just were out here, but you got to come all the way back. So come back. What's that, March? Uh, that's 
February. Yeah, it's I, well, my birthday too. You know what? And you need to be around for my birthday, February twenty seventh, bro. Oh yeah, it's the 29th, ain't it? February 29th is the show. And my birthday is oh, March I was like, 7th. No, I, I thought you were saying my birthday is February 29th. I'm like, I literally just told you the date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. This is the 29th. Uh, I just <laughs> oh, yeah. The show's the oh, 29th, so that's my birthday present to myself right. is that uh, we're going to go to that show. And, hey, I, I get it. We may not be sitting together, but we should definitely get a dynamite dinner or something beforehand or after. Yeah. I don't care. Exactly. See what I did there? The funny thing is the last AEW show I went to, I went with our mutual friend and we didn't sit together. So I guess I'm just not meant to sit with our mutual friend. Not for AEW shows. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Chris. I know that sidetracked us. No, sidetrack. No, this is a very improv episode. We'll discuss more (laughs) about that later. Yeah, we're improving all to hell. Monday Night Raw was a show Lana gave uh, they opened the show with Lana giving her permission to Lashley to marry her which I actually thought was kind of funny then I actually thought they were they they got me because I really thought they were going to go the route where Lashley was going to uh whoa 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 no one tells me what to do and um I really thought that that was going to be the end of it I re- they got me like I 100% thought that's where they were going with that story and it made me laugh and then he did his swerve Mm-hmm. But I like this. You want to know why I like this? Because what this this is going to be one of those duos where Lana's going to be the controlling one, and and she's going to get Lashley into so much like crap and have issues with with wrestlers that he doesn't want to have issues with. I can just see it, you know. So I, you know what this is, right? What is this? This is the Canellas story, but how it works, right? It's the exact same thing that they tried to do with Maria and Mike Kanellis that for whatever reason, whether or not it's just Bobby Lashley and Mike Kanellis are obviously two different specimens of, you know, talent. Yeah. But this, this is what that storyline was. Well, as as much as as the internet, as much as the internet wants to flip on this storyline, I am, I'm okay with it. For an entertainment angle, I'm okay with it. I think it's brought out the most personality out of Lashley I've ever seen out of him. So let's run with this. Let's just see what happens. They've already committed to it, so I might as well. And I mean, Lashley and Lana are getting heat. So, I mean, Lana's getting booed out of the building. So, I mean, logically, it makes sense for them to probably win a title soon together. And, you know, like she's now with him as a manager. And I mean, I really hope Rusev can move on too, because he's had some good, you know, like his character development is really solid right now. I mean, he is a very laughable, lovable guy. And it's like funny to think like this is a guy who came out on a tank, you know, a few years back against John Cena and was basically Ivan Drago. And now he is like this fun loving guy wearing Donald Duck shirts, Mm. cutting promos. I I think he's leaving. I think he might be leaving, too. I was going to ask if you guys have heard anything about him. <clears throat> well, he hasn't staying. signed. I guess Lana I signed. I was about to say Lana signed, but yeah, I haven't heard anything about Rusev, so I didn't know. He could be going, you know, and I mean, he'd be great in AEW, too, but, you know, they could both be saying to each other, hey, you stay here, make the WWE money. I go out there and, you know, see if I can find some money on the indies. And, I mean, really, it's not that bad of a deal. And maybe then they... You know, they're not on the road together all the time. I could see why it might be a good thing for them. So, 
I don't know. Or he could yeah. just be holding out for a good deal. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be surprised when the announcement comes out that, you know, uh, Rusev has signed an extension or a new contract, um, which apparently, I guess, the New Day all signed new contracts as well as the Street Profits all got new I'm assuming five-year deals since that seems to be. But one of the cool things that I heard about the New Day was that they actually leveraged against, not against each other, but they leveraged to make sure that they're all actually getting paid the exact same. That's cool. So they signed a new deal and made sure everybody, they were all three taken care of, which is kind of cool. That's good. Yeah. No, I'm happy for anybody that is sticking with them. And I do think it helps. Like the Street Profits are cool. I mean, that's a... That's their gimmick. I actually think Private Party is a complete ripoff of the Street Profits. That's just my personal opinion. I, I have nothing to back that up, but you know the Street Profits definitely make that work better. Uh, so good for them. They probably got paid, and uh, yeah, anybody that's ha- that decides to stay with them and wants to, could make your money, man or woman. Make your money. That's what that's all about. And if they're negotiating that way with AEW, they're doing their job. Get paid. That's number one mantra in pro wrestling is to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. So then the other real storyline, as we talked about, was this is week one of heel Seth Rollins. What'd you guys think? I like Seth. It's great. You know why I like this is one, I think it helps uh, AOP. I always felt that the biggest flaw with AOP was the, the presentation of them when they came out with who was that Paul Ellering? Yeah, um, I, I just felt it was very um, a, a borderline cartoonish with the presentation of how they came out to the ring, and I don't know if they're going to continue to come out that way, but I hope they don't because I, I kind of like I like them in their suits when they're not wrestling. I, I think that that's a, a great look for them. Um, so if they can alter the wrestling attire to kind of go along with this, that would be great. And then Seth Rollins, let's face it, Seth Rollins is a better heel. He's just a better heel, and he happens to be a better heel that also happens to do well in groups. So, Couldn't have said it better myself. I, I think I did enjoy AOP with Paul Elring just because I could, in NXT, they were clearly trying to make them be like the uh, Legion of Doom for a new generation, which I do think these guys are talented enough to be. And when Paul Ellering ended up not being part of the equation on the main show, I think that's where they lost their way. So with Rollins, you actually do have a Paul Ellering type back in the saddle, but this time he's actually physical and he's a main eventer himself. And yeah, I mean, Rollins as a face, it, 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 it the funny thing is that they talked about it on WWE backstage, which I actually watched this week. Inevitably, people are going to start cheering for Rollins again now that he's a bad guy because he's so damn good at it. And it's annoying because I just want to boo him now. I want to let, you know, like I want to take all the the annoying things he did these this past few months on Twitter. I can finally boo this guy and he's going to make me feel good doing it. So just I hope the crowd actually treats him like a heel and doesn't. Oh, well, now he's edgy and cool again. No, stop it. Like, they were already starting to be a that. heel. They yeah, were already cheering him this week, which is just the worst. And that's it well, is. That's a whole other. That's a yeah. whole other. That's a whole other thing about kayfabe. That's a whole <laughs> other conversation. And I did 
got to put my foot in my mouth because there was one other storyline that Raw is telling that they've been slowly telling. And this story has actually been going on for a year, which is kind of cool. Becky Lynch and Asuka. Yes. And I really, Becky Lynch's promo was the best, really the best part of this Raw, in my opinion. Her promo where she sat in the back and basically said, you know what, they WWE doesn't want me to lose and they're putting me in tag matches, but you know what, I need this. I need I need you, Asuka. I need to, she needs to get that win from the Royal Rumble. And the fact that they just, you know, Becky Lynch tapped out to Asuka at the Royal Rumble last year. That's... You know, the fact that they're coming back to that is really nice. Like, I'm glad that they're going to, looks like probably at the Rumble, get there, you know, a year later, they're going to have that match. But I wouldn't give them too much credit, Chris. Something happened to where Asuka and Carrie Zane got, Kyrie, I'm sorry, have an advocate. And no pun intended, it's definitely Paul Heyman. That's, this storyline wouldn't exist right now without him because they were not in the position that they're in previous to him showing up. This, so, I mean, I get it. It is cool they're harping back to it, but I don't think that was the initial plan at all for them. I'm happy it is now, but... Oh, I can I can 100% believe that. Yeah. I, I hope that when this all plays out, that maybe this will be WWE's wake-up call of, hey, you know, maybe we should start, you know, thinking long-term and, you know, putting together these longer spread-out stories even if it's not mentioned every week but because i'll be honestly i i personally forgotten about the oscar becky lynch you know story of the past and obviously when i listened to the interview it kind of, i'm like oh you're right and it like my brain started i'm like man so i like you know with becky lynch with her character it's very easy for that character to go stale this is a nice way to um have her go into a story a little bit different than these other ones, you know, cause you know, she'd been kind of playing this stone cold. Let me just kick everybody's butt. No, now you're, now you're almost, she's almost kind of playing the underdog ish. Cause she's recognizing that she hasn't uh, beaten her. So I don't know, just it, it's kind of nice, a little something different. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely enjoying that one, and I thought that was a cool segment and a nice little piece of storytelling, even if it was on accident. So then, anything else you guys have for Raw? I know Randy Orton and AJ Styles fought in the main event. It was fine. Um, most of Raw was squash matches, which they've been doing since almost Survivor Series for whatever reason. So, which, like I think we said last week, squash matches are fine, but... When every match is a squash. I really hope that when we eventually find out what's in Eric Rowan's cage, that it is, in fact, Baby Yoda, and that means that Disney bought WWE. God. No, do you know when you said that the other day, and I said, honest to God, I said, I bet you when they were like, hey, we need to do something with Eric Rowan. And they were like, well, what's everybody like right now? Well, everyone's on this about this Baby Yoda kick. Well, what, what's Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda's like a little like gremlin thing. Oh, we'll give him a cage. And that's what he'll carry around. And, it, and everyone will think it has this little gremlin in there. And everyone will love it. 
I can guarantee you, I'd put money on the fact that that's probably why the, uh, Baby Yoda is probably why Eric Rowan is carrying around a cage. I do think it it's happened funny that like the week after. <laughs> I think it's great that all these like indie talents, every single one of them is like scared to death of Eric Rowan, but they're not scared to go up to this cage and try to I run know. away with it or try to figure out what's inside of it. That's funny to me that every single one of these got fools have like, oh, I, I'm, I don't want to wrestle him, but I want to know what's in the cage. <laughs> the cage. There's, I just, I know we've said it already, but I just can't imagine how they expect to pay this off. Do you think we'll ever get a payoff? No. Okay, and I'm going to no. ask, I asked last week, do you think WWE knows what's in that cage? No. Except- no, they don't. They don't they know, know because this is in the same storyline with that man where we never found out what happened to that man that looked like Eric Rowan. Maybe that man's in the cage. I don't know, but they have no freaking clue what is and, in that cage. And furthering, the longer we talk, the more I'm realizing there are more storylines than we were giving WWE credit for because now we've come up with four on Raw between Baby Yoda in a cage, Becky Lynch, AOP and Seth Rollins, and Rusev Lashley. So, you know what? I, I, I can take back a little bit. I could still use some more I stories, guess. but um, <laughs> it's kind of there. Now, I think we're going to move on to AEW Dynamite. Sure. If you guys are cool with let's, that. Let's. Which I think my big question that I need to ask Corey was, how is the Texas crowd? So, and I was actually going to bring this up to you. Uh, Corpus Christi, and that's your old stomping grounds, Um a phenomenal crowd. They were really, really good. And they got really into, um, they're very much into the Lucha brothers, which I get it. It's Texas, you know, that that's an easy stomping ground for them. Um, really into Kenny Omega, uh, in the hangman page. Like there was a lot of 50, 50 chanting, which I just, I, I was really into. I, I like when, you know, crowds are just very supportive of whoever their favorite talent is. So, um, so props to Corpus Christi, Chris. So they can do more events over there. Okay. So, so that means they need to give us a pay-per-view. Texas is big yeah. enough. Just yeah. don't go to Dallas, apparently. Corey will not like it No, in Dallas. I will not. Or near Dallas. I know that wasn't <laughs> actually Dallas. <laughs> Our, that was my, my main curiosity. I know, like I said, I did not see Dynamite because I got home from work and pretty much we started recording. So out of last night's wrestling, all I saw was the Adam Cole-Finn Balor match at NXT while I ate lunch, and here we are. So I do have a list up of things that happened, but like I said, if there's anything that I know you wanted to talk about, Corey, Ed, you didn't watch it yet, right? No, so I'm just here I, for the show. I, I, I can comment a lot on some of the stuff. Well, I know it looks like, you know, uh, they might be, are they setting up Pac and Kenny Omega again? Uh, so let's see Pac and Kenny Omega. Yeah. It, it obviously seems to be going that, that direction. So, which, you know, that's okay with me. I mean, you know, cause those are two guys, you know, every time they're in the ring, it's like, they just, they, they really take it to the limits. So, and I think their chemistry is really good. So, I mean, uh, th- that's a win for everybody. I can but, I can see that. What <laughs> did you have more on that? Oh no, no, go ahead. What was your opinion on the debut of the butcher and the blade with the bunny? That one, I that's I'm not feeling it. 
I'm not that that group. I because the the problem is is that when I close my eyes and I'm thinking <laughs> of those names, Butcher, Blade, and the Bunny. Yes, do it. Close your eyes, guys. Think of what you would envision when you're thinking of those names, and then look at what we get. It's like it just it it's weird to me. It just doesn't fit. See, I like it. It has steampunk written all over it, which I think is kind of cool. And, but the only thing that could backfire is it's very villain enterprises. It's very Marty scroll. And I don't know if the plan is to get him into the group, but that's the only thing for me is like, this is clearly like Marty scrolls stable and he's not even there yet. So was, wait, has has Marty Scroll actually worked with that ta- those talents? No, but the, their gimmick is nearly identical to what he does in Ring of Honor. It's very yeah. dark and steampunkish. That's all. Maybe that's the problem that I have. Maybe this this steampunkish thing is just what's not working for me. But yeah, it's kind of like gothic renaissance stuff. Like it's like yeah. ni- like nineteen hundreds look. You know, it's yeah, I don't London. Know. Yeah, London, you know, it's not for everybody. Okay, but so and that's cool if that's what it is. But, you know, Bunny as a name. Well, she's got bunny ears on a Butcher and Blade. Butcher and Blade sounds like an 80s tag team from WWF. Like that. That's just what I I, I guess I just butcher and I blade. And we're here to kill a few people, baby. (laughs) No, but this, this it's just I mean, that's my only issue is I just it's not fitting for me. It just doesn't make sense. Okay. So the match that see where they're gonna go, even if they're feuding with uh Cody Rhodes. See if Cody yeah. can make them. When I was closing my eyes, I thought of Jimmy Hart in a bunny suit, just letting you guys know how crazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> So the big match was here. Jungle Boy had a 10-minute time limit non-title match against Le Champion, Chris Jericho. Did Jungle Boy live up? What do people say online, Corey? How did Jungle Boy do? Is everyone still mad? I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't read much of the online stuff. Um, like I said, I watched it when it was happening live. And the one thing I did like was they were doing the, the promo um, the the promo videos prior to them fighting and you know given you know jungle boy the um little bit of um you know story and backstory they obviously you know they they did a sit down interview with uh, jr and you know they're even like bringing up things like you know how how do you think your dad would feel with you being in this moment so it's like there's a lot of emotion and i think they did a really good job at getting the audience to be more emotionally attached to jungle boy for this match um the match itself jungle boy came to deliver i mean i was like nervous for him because i'm like man this is a pretty big moment for him and a lot of eyes are going to be on you and however you do is probably going to determine your your future in this company and um I kept saying right before the bell ring, I was like, well, if there was ever a guy that could help this guy get over, it's it's Jericho. And when you watch the match, bell to bell, they, they obviously go to the 10 minutes. Um, I think that Jungle Boy proved himself. I don't know how the Internet 
is responding to him. And I think the problem with the internet is I, I, I think they look at the fact that he's, he's another one of those small guys. Who cares about the internet? I don't care what Ralph from Appalachia thinks about jungle boy anyway. And Ralph yeah. from Appalachia, if you want to tell me that to my face via email digitally, you do that. <laughs> but it's like, but that's the thing. It's like, cause I mean, I know people were making a big fuss about his record, which by the way, was a non-title match. And they clarified that. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I think the audience has got to realize, you know, like we said earlier, AEW, this is a, this is just starting. It's time to get stars established. And Jericho's not stupid. He knows how to make this work. The only way you make this company work is you got to create stars. Jericho's already a star. He's already established. He's smart enough to realize, hey, I got to get some talent over. Well, I know he's helping because I know I heard I read somewhere that he actually had like a whole meeting backstage where he basically was telling all the tag teams about it to make sure they're tagging in and out. Because so can I comment on that? Because actually please? I did read that in advance and then I watched the Lucha Brothers tag team match this week on AEW. And I could see why Jericho had that meeting because they the Lucha Brothers are the worst. They have a tendency to come on into the ring before they even get tagged. And it's like, what? And Jericho, I guess in this meeting, you know, said, you know, you're making the refs, you're burying the refs. You're burying their credibility when you just randomly come into the ring whenever you want. So, and then I was actually getting agitated that the Lucha Brothers did that a few times. They didn't do it all the time in their match, but I did catch it now, now that I'm looking for it. Because I wanted to see if there was any improvement in the tag team matches. Yeah. It, so then they was there an improvement last night? Um, in the other matches, I think so. Um, Lucha like, Brothers didn't fight last night, right? Some, no, the Lucha Brothers did fight. Oh, okay. They did fight. You're looking at like, I'm wrong there. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't. I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> no. So, yeah, they... Yeah, they, they fought. What did Luchasaurus do? That's what I care about. This guy is the most over-wrestler in all of professional wrestling right now. Why doesn't he have the, ch the championship already? Luchasaurus, well, baby. Well, here's the thing. It's like if you watch AEW week to week, they don't have the same guys always fight. So, and I think part of that is to just, you know, keep them healthy. Luchasaurus uh, came out with Jungle Boy, you know, because obviously they're, they're uh, it's a trio. So, and I think his purpose, you know, for AEW's episode was just to be the support system for, you know, Jungle Boy, which that's fine. I mean, I'm telling you that crowd though, Luchasaurus, I mean, he's, he's over. I mean, it's, well, a he is really over like, and it's super well, over. Yeah. And the funny thing is for such a, what looks to be a very cartoonish presentation of a character. Well, I mean, the guy's waited 65 million years to be this popular. <laughs> Jesus. Really, Ed? Really? <laughs> hey, Kayfabe is not dead. He's a dinosaur to me, okay? He is the dinosaur wrestler I always wanted as a kid. I always thought a gimmick around a dinosaur would work, and he is proving it. All, all it. I know is that when he does a promo, it does kind of throw me off because he, he articulates very well. Yeah. Yes. He, actually is a, he is a college graduate. I think he's got like a master's degree or something like that or doctorate degree. He's like educated. And it's like when he speaks. Well, he's had plenty of time to get education. 65 million years is a long time. Yeah. 
Didn't she used to watch dinosaurs? Come on, man. Get in the office, Sinclair. <laughs> just saying, it's just it, it's it's hard to to listen to a promo of his just because it's like he he articulates so well. Yeah, I wasn't expecting was, it the first time I heard it. it. Weird thing yeah. about dinosaurs that you bring that up. That show has the saddest ending of any show of all time. Like this comedy about dinosaurs ends with them basically dying with the comment coming like yeah. really sorry if you haven't watched it but that's you've had so 30 tragic years. and terrifying especially for a young ed who watched that show religiously every week on sunday when it was on and got to see basically the saddest ending of a show ever that's terrible yeah we all know that's you know what happened to dinosaurs right. but I didn't need to know about it in a comedy sketch show where there's puppet dinosaurs and they're working and living like humans. That's wasn't necessary. Flintstones didn't do that, did they? I don't know. Come on, Corey, you're the Flintstones expert. I He's trying so hard to keep it together, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like he could see it in his face. He's just like, Come on, guys. Yeah, Come we on, probably guys. gotta wrap this up so we can go to bed. <laughs> no. Not uh, what else happened on AEW Corey? Uh, they did the um tag team title match uh between the um Lucha, uh, Lucha y- Brothers, Young Bucks and SCU. Young Bucks and SCU, which obviously, I mean, it it was exactly what everyone can predict it what would be. And um, and the thing that I like is SCU came out with the victory. And the reason why I'm liking this is I AEW is clearly going with the strategy of you know, the, these titles, like, they, they don't want them to change hands often. And the people that are champions, they're trying to really establish them. So SCU having these tag belts and then defending them against these legit tag teams, these really good tag teams, and winning, I think, is just such a great thing for them. Um, same thing with Jericho, the fact that Jericho has still held the belt. A lot of people thought that, you know, Cody was going to be champion. You know, I think some people might've thought in their crazy head that the young bucks might be champions. So it's nice to see that AEW showing that Cody, the young bucks, Kenny Omega, they're not necessarily trying to get themselves over and put all the belts on them. They need to have the belts eventually, though. I mean, this show is about them. And I'm sorry, like, SCU should be heels. Like, they're good at being heels, and they turned into these uber baby faces who I find super annoying now. And I I want the Young Bucks to have the tag titles because I like the Young Bucks. I like Kenny Omega. I like Cody. All these people. And they are probably the best talent on their roster, and they're just burying themselves at I find it extremely annoying. Well, here's but here's the thing. It's like I, I think they're just wanting to do a, a a slow burn to that moment because I think everybody in their minds had that already thought in their heads. Oh, Cody's gonna be the AEW champion. The Young Bucks will have the tag belts, and Kenny Omega will have some kind of workman's title that they create down the road. It's like I, that's too predictable. And, and I, it's their show, and that, that's fine if that happens. Then may, then they turn heel, and then you get truly new people over to take them down. Now, the thing they have to be careful with 
is they're racking up some losses, and if we learned anything, right. AEW wins and losses matter. I mean, Jungle Boy doesn't have a win, and people freaked out when he was going to fight Jericho. So at what point do the Young Bucks get enough L's under their belt that then when they fight for the people, the people are going to be like, no, 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 well, no, you guys are no. Jobbers. The Young Bucks, they, they've lost 32 times. Right. Kenny Omega's a jobber on this show. Why is he getting a chance? Like, what? That's... <laughs> He's the only one that I think his AEW career is just not going well as Kenny Omega. It's it's, his, it's weird because wasn't it like 2016 he was like wrestler of the year? Yes. You, you know, and and then he I remember. Vastly he, different gimmick, though, as the leader of the Bullet Club. And he was, you know, <laughs> the, the cleaner and he was just badass. Like he needs to go back to that immediately. Like it's desperately needed. Yeah, his his is, is hurt, but I mean, like I said, I you know, fast forward a, a a year, year and a half, you might finally get what you're talking about, Ed. With I hope so, because I, I I'm gonna hold out for it, but that's what I want, and I think a lot of people want that. And I, I I think it's very noble that they're trying not to say like, hey, we're not trying to take the spotlight, but I think now they should to establish their brand. This is when you take the spotlight. And then you build up your audience of new and existing viewers. And then you start building, you know, your new characters and stuff off of people trying to bring you down. And it seems like they're trying to do the opposite way, which is I think it's hurting them instead of helping them. So now I want to give you guys a quiz. Sorry, guys. I didn't give you advance warning. Oh, God. I'm so so you're going to have to answer, you know, this question. And then it'll lead to a nice discussion. Can I take notes? So, no, no cheating. No cheating. No cheating. So we're going to pull, we're going to, th- this quiz is going to be called heel or face. I'm going to give you a name of a talent or a team. And you got to tell me based on what you have viewed on TV, are they a heel or are they a face? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Question one. Lucha Brothers. Heel or face? Heel. Or face? Face. Hmm. Let's see. Question two. <laughs> Heel. Do you know the answer to these questions? Uh, it'll be making, a I think he's making it, a point. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a discussion. It's a discussion. Okay, so heel or face? SCU. Heel face. or face? Face. Face. Face? Okay. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is um, the Lucha Brothers... Last night, I'm trying to remember who they fought. Um, oh, God. Why can't I remember who they fought? Um, so m- my problem is I was watching a little – when I was watching AEW yesterday, I, I started to come across some moments where I was like, I can't tell who the heel or who the face is or what the talent is supposed to be. Lucha L- Brothers fought Hangman Page and Kenny Omega? Yes. Okay. There you go. So 
so that match there, you would assume Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, face, right? Well, the problem is, though, and, and I'm telling you, watch it. Watch it and listen to the crowd. And watch Lucha Brothers every week. They get cheered like faces all the time, but it's like, I think they're supposed to be heel. And they demonstrated some heel tendencies last night, but that was like something that popped in my head. I'm like, who's the heel and who's the face in this match? It's because they don't wrestle like a heel. So, no, they don't. And and they had a few moments. There was a couple moments where you'll notice when you watch the match um, where you'll realize, okay, I think they're supposed to be heel. But then on the flip side, it's like, then you look at the Young Bucks, you know, facing SEU, and then I'm like, Okay, who's the heel? Who's the face? And here's the thing. I think SCU is supposed to be a heel team. Because they talk in their opening promo for every match, I always talk about this is the worst town that I've ever been to or something like that. That's a heel. So what's happening? <laughs> That's where I'm getting confused. Well, it's the same segue into NXT as well, because I had that exact same thought when I was watching that opening match. Adam Cole, Finn Balor, who's the heel and who's the face? And that, yes, yes, and that, yes, that you, great segue. Mm-hmm. Because then I watched NXT after AEW, and then that happened. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm like, isn't Finn Balor supposed to be a heel? I thought yeah. so, but he, he got cheered. But Adam Cole is supposed to be a heel too. And people were chanted undisputed. Yeah, so it's one of those things. And I, mean, I know he's been getting those reactions for a while. But still, it's one of those things where it's like, well, but then they neither one of them wrestled different. Did this Finn Balor match wrestle any different than any other Finn Balor match we've seen no. over the past several years? No. So they don't yeah. wrestle as what they are anymore. Like there's no like eye rakes or back rakes and like these vicious maneuvers, eye pokes. Like then I always enjoyed I think that. Randy Orton I, I just like did when an people... eye poke. Didn't Randy Orton do an eye poke to AJ Styles? Someone yeah, did an eye face. poke this week. Yeah, I know. And he's supposed to be the good guy. Left is right. Right is left. I... Dogs and cats living together. It's mass hysteria. That's why <laughs> wrestling is so crazy right now. It's it's just fascinating. It's just some weird observations that just popped in my head. I'm glad you remember that NXT one because I, I totally forgot. Well, that. It was a good match. Yeah, the match was that. It was a good match. Oh, yeah, it was and, fine. You know, I fine. liked where, and again, where it went. And... That's the thing. Like, nobody's, nobody's saying the, the wrestling is not astoundingly good. You know, there's some stuff that annoys us about kicking out of finishers and stuff. But wrestling has never been better. But there's no truly a gripping storyline to bring it together right now. Nothing. And, no, got, and, and uh, no good guys and no bad guys. But we did see the return of Johnny Gargano. While yes. uh, to, that allowed Adam Cole to do the good old Brock Lesnar low blow to Finn Balor. Didn't Finn Balor do that to Brock Lesnar? Yes. God, I yeah, hate how everyone has to do a low blow. Because everybody does low blows. I know. And, and people want to know, people want the Attitude Era back. That's what the Attitude Era was. So, you know, low blows and adultery. Yes. 
But it was yes. a good match. I enjoyed it. But yeah, I, I kind of... The first last shot that Adam Cole did, I wanted that to be it. And I just wanted him to win clean. And mm-hmm. he couldn't do it. You know, and it's just, like I said, I, I miss clean wins. It seems mm-hmm. like it's been it's been a while. Been well, a while. we got Rhea Ripley. Yeah, so I, let's talk about really what the show was. It was all about Rhea Ripley. And how did she, I did, like I said, I didn't see it. I had it spoiled for me this morning. And so, NXT earned themselves an unfollow. What? Who got unfollowed? No, NXT. Um, I unfollowed NXT because oh, it, it was four thirty in the morning when I was getting ready for work, and they're ruining an NXT match that happened like four hours before that. So I was like, no, unfollow. Well, uh, un- I-, I have to confess this. Um, I haven't gotten that far on NXT yet because then you guys said you wanted to record, so I I wasn't there yet. <laughs> But I knew what? it happened because I got spoiled just like you. Hey, Rhea Ripley got the W. It was a good match. I definitely recommend you both see it if you haven't. Um, I can already it's definitely the, the start of a new era. I feel this could mean Baszler is moving to a different show. And I think she probably should, considering she's been on NXT for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the Rhea Ripley show as far as the women go, and I couldn't be happier for her. Yeah, this will be. She's really hot, man. She is just smoking. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. I'm just saying, hey, (laughs) I can say these things. I'm a single male. I'm available, ladies. If we have any hot lady listeners around the world, I don't speak Dutch and I don't speak Spanish, but I do speak the language of love. (laughs) The international language. All right. Uh, yeah, I got nothing to that, but <laughs> no, no, like I said, the, the cool thing is, is now we're transitioning into the new phase of the NXT women division. And like Ed said, it's, it's going to be exciting. I think she's going to take it to even a higher level if that's even possible. Um, so just looking forward to the ride. What's crazy is when you, like I said, compare the women's divisions between AEW and NXT on that night. So on the same night, we had Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler as the main event. Probably, I'm assuming, stole the show. Sounded like, you know, it's a big moment and a big thing. And then on AEW, we had Britt Baker losing to that girl who has stars painted on her body. I don't remember her Yeah, name. it's... I well, thought I thought Britt Baker was supposed to be their like star. Well, you guys have already heard my my past comments on the AEW women's division and Chris Chris Statlander is the new number one contender to fight um Corey's favorite wrestler, Ryu. Yeah, which Ugh. right now at this point, I will take anybody beating that ninety pound doesn't need to be there female so well even i will admit you like i was a fan but now it's just getting ridiculous like i thought this was going to be a way to build a character up but it's it's not and their their roster is just very very weak and it's just or maybe it's not as weak as i think it is they're just not using people in the right way like kong is on this roster nyla rose is on this roster 
Uh, I'm done with Britt Baker. I think she just did a great job on the Indies convincing people she was good. And now that she's on a main stage, she ain't got nothing to show. But they need to figure it out quick. Now we know one of the people Ed was talking about in the beginning of our show. No, so I'm going to disagree a little bit with Ed's comment. Um, Britt Baker definitely is on that list of top talent that they have. The problem is they got a bunch of garbage talent that's just flooding I mean, the the one character yep. that always comes out to freaking like looking like the queen, uh, lead singer of Queen. Oh God, yeah. That that's driving me nuts. And the only reason why she's getting any TV time is because that's uh, Rio's uh, trainer, I believe. Right. You know, or whatever that ninety pound reject is. Sorry, I'm going to be negative about her. Bottom line is, is that it needs to be on a dominant woman that should either be Awesome Kong or Nyla Rose, but they went a totally different direction and they have not proven to me why that that was the better choice. Uh, that Rio character is, she's not, what has she done since winning the title that has been worth investing my emotions and time? I was, I was invested after she won it because that match with her and Nyla Rose on the premiere was awesome. And then I saw her match with Britt Baker and I realized that that first match was only good because of Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose made Ryu look good. And if Ryu, apparently, I'm, I'm assuming if she's in the ring with the right people, but the problem is the champion should be able to be in the ring with anybody. And they should be able to, to do something with it. I haven't really seen Ryu. I, fought, I watched her fight Britt Baker, and I don't think I've seen her do another match. So I'm not sure. I'm not the most qualified to talk about a lot of these people. But anyway, back to NXT. Good, good, good main event. Rest yes. of the show seems pretty basic. It was, it was, it was a fine show. It was an absolutely fine show. It very rarely does NXT disappoint me. I'm just at the point where I don't understand why the people that run Raw and SmackDown can't do the same for Raw and SmackDown. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's all on this. It's all on the same show. It's all on the same. It's not a beginning brand. It's not a, you know, this is a get started brand. They're all three of the same brands and you have one that's consistently knocking it out of the park every week. Why they're not trying to do that to Raw and SmackDown. I don't know. So let me ask you this then, because obviously, you know, we're, we're all agreeing that the NXT product is, is great, but they're still doing these in these small venues is the next phase to get yes. them out of them. They need, they need to be out of that. Yes. Arena. They need to get out of the They small need venues. to move. They need a new crowd. They need, they need to be away from that arena. And yeah. that, that has to happen sooner rather than later. I know we've said it before, but it's just glaring. And when you do go back and forth between dynamite, dynamite looks so much better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Their presentation is just outstanding. The way that they got their show, their graphics, the way that they put their show together is an outstanding product that they've put together. My only thing with it comes back to my original question is that I would like, I just wish they would do something different with it and not so formulaic to WWE, which is what we know as wrestling. But I think to finish things off, because I've been refreshing and refreshing and refreshing, hoping it was going to show up because it should and it did. We have the ratings in for NXT and Dynamite last night. I know you guys haven't seen it. Nope. Nope. So we're going to go 
NXT had total average viewers of 795,000 viewers, which seems to be pretty average. Um, and AEW Dynamite was watched by 683,000 viewers. So NXT did take the win this week. Um, mm. Apparently, they were very close in the demos, the 1849 demo. They were pretty much almost the same. Uh, NXT was a 0.27, and AEW was a 0.25. So AEW dropped a little bit from last week, um, and AEW went up from last week. So the promotion and the title matches did them good. Yeah, and honestly, I, that didn't surprise me. I mean, even though AEW had a tag team title match, but is that going to compare to Rhea Ripley? No, it's just not. So predictable. Well, and I think... I, I think it's a good thing, and it shows that, like I said, AEW's settling in with where it is and that the fans are flexible on Wednesday nights with where they spend their time. And they got two solid shows to enjoy. Yeah. I'm yep. flexible. Ladies, you hear that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think we're going to wrap this bad boy up, our improv episode 53, the only one. No idea if we'll be back because next week is Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, listeners. I hope you guys all have a great one. Merry Christmas, everyone. And God bless us, everyone. (laughs) You just mix It's a Wonderful Life and uh, Christmas Carol. Who's who's watching? Never mind that. I was going to say, who's watching that uh, dark Christmas Carol that they have on FX tonight? I didn't even know about it. It's like Guy... Guy Pierce. It's like rated TV mature. It reminds me. I watched a commercial for it and reminds me of the opening of Scrooge where uh, Bill Murray shows his like horror Scrooge yeah. commercial and gave that old lady a heart attack. That's what this show looks like. Like somebody nice. saw that and said, "Let's make that for real." And it's got like Tom Hardy and Guy Pierce or, or yeah, Guy Pierce and uh oh god, why can't I remember his name? The guy who does all the motion capture stuff. Oh, um Andy something. Andy Circus. Yeah, that's it. Andy Circus is like one of the ghosts and stuff. I have it set to record. Um, that could be I'm really like, good. Yeah, I need to check this out. It really but is a macabre story. I mean, it could fit very well as a scary movie. So yeah, so that's what they're doing. It's on FX tonight. So, but yeah, not no idea. We'll try to see when we can get back for episode fifty four. But shoot us an email at one two three yes wrestling at gmail Rate us and review us on all of the podcast services that we're at. And we're looking for how many stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. That's right. Well, I thought Ed was going to do two more stars, but he didn't. Well, no, so I thought it's I, his gimmick. I thought I had another uh, two stars to drink, so that was what that awkward pause was. So everybody enjoy Star Wars. I'm going to go enjoy Cats, and we'll see you guys next week. Merry Christmas, guys. It's, it's always, always a pleasure. A pleasure. When we when get we together. get together. <laughs> Oh, you stole it. You stole it. Stole my gimmick. Okay. Take it easy, guys. Bye. All right. Ugh.